Welcome back to the Money Clip Podcast. Today we have another special guest, the founder and CEO of Quinta, Mr. Vin Noche. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good and I'm glad you have me here and I get, I'm going to be able to have some conversation with you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're doing exciting things. You're already on WeFunder and you're crushing it right now. I think you're almost close to $100,000 uh, for your startup that's trying to bring financial literacy and financial freedom to a people in America. So kind of tell me about the backstory of Quinta. I, I have an economics background. I have a finance and economics background. And my formal training was economic consulting when I was in FTI consulting before. And in my experience, it's very important for you to understand what's happening in the industry and the economy before you try to determine what would be the value proposition or what would be the position that you would want your company to play in a market like the United States. During the pandemic, during 2020, it has become very obvious that inflation is becoming a problem because of the government printing a lot of uh, money, stimulus checks and whatnot to help people with their needs. However, the unintended consequences, of course, is the reduction of the value of people's money. And not only that, we have seen a decrease in interest rates. And that's a function of the monetary and also the fiscal policy of the government trying to help the U.S. government recover, the U.S. economy government uh, improve or also recover from the pandemic. So all of those problems which we saw economically, those became the signals why I started thinking, you know what, there should be a better way for people to manage their finances regardless of the economic environment that they're in. And that's the reason why Quinta was born. We wanted to help people improve their finances, reach their financial goals, even though higher inflation is upon us and lower interest rates are very much an, an endemic problem right now in our economy and financial institutions. Got it, got it. So, I mean, everyone sees what's going on right now. I mean, everyone's trying to find, figure out where can they put their money at, right? Because there's not that many asset classes that are able to bring you an exorbitant amount of money, especially for savings accounts. Like bank accounts rarely give you anything at all. So the fact that you're actually creating a tool or technology to help up to what one to 10% yield is awesome. Can you kind of tell me like how that works exactly? Before we understand how Web3 works, right? Or the, I, we're going to be making use of the Web3 rails or decentralized finance in the back end. And that's how we're going to be able to provide the high yield. Before we understand that, we have to understand how the traditional banking and traditional financial institutions work. Normally, what the traditional banks would do, they will receive someone's deposits. They will take custody of it. They will have a portfolio and allocation manager decide which investments to put the money in. They will get some returns. However, they will give some money back to some of those like other partners where those earning opportunities came from. They're also going to give some money to the portfolio managers, to those who took, took custody, and a lot of like different peoples like in the middle, right? With the development of Web3 and also the advent of smart contract about 
2019, it became possible for, for us to be able to give users an opportunity to access this these returns without any of the inefficiencies that were, you know, available or were present in the old banking system. So that's really how we're actually providing this high return. There are a few other things that we're, um, we're doing uh, that's proprietary to us, making sure that we maximize the return for people's funds while minimizing the risk. Okay, great. So. We know uh, a lot of times we hear about these amazing stories about people making like, you know, 10 extra turns, a thousand extra turns. How can we, as a potential customer or potential user, uh, know that this product or service is vetted? When you mean vetted, do you mean, how do we ensure that we mitigate any risk? Or do you mean whether or not this is something that people would want to adapt? Is it the former? Or the- yeah, I think, I think let's go with the risk, yeah. That's, that's definitely the, the value proposition of Kinta. Our value proposition is trying to look at the macroeconomic and also the microeconomic risks in specific like um, investment vehicles, right? And part of those risks, as you very well know, are some of this like cybersecurity losses because some of the smart contracts or open finance codes are not secure. There are a few other things like liquidity problems or being able to hack Oracle prices, which makes people able to move around funds and be able to get some money from some of these like liquidity protocols and smart contracts, which exist right now in the market. What's unique in our risk model is we include cybersecurity risk and the impact on potential losses of funds. We have a robust model looking at macroeconomic factors uh, and also correlated assets to correlated assets to the investment vehicles that will be part of the Kinta backend. And it's very important for us to make sure that not only do we give high return, but we ensure that the losses of funds are not going to happen in people's money. So we're going to be taking on that risk. So in a sense, it is on us to make sure that where you know wherever those money actually goes are going to provide minimal risk because that will affect our bottom line. So that will incentivize us to ensure that whatever model we have and whatever insurance coverage that we have are sufficient to be able to help maintain our sustainable profitability. Okay. All right, great. No, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense, right? <clears throat> People, you know, they always get worried of new companies, things like that. But when you have founders who understand the process, who understand what they're trying to offer to the community, it makes investors um, and also potential users really comfortable with actually using the new, new technology. And, you know, myself, as being your current lead investor on the week on the platform, I always had, you know, ultimate confidence in your ability and your team's ability to execute on the plan, which is creating an application that can offer uh, great yields as opposed to the traditional savings account. So I know about your team, but can you tell the listeners exactly, you know, the backstory about your, the, the other co-founders and individuals on your team? The, the two core, um, the, 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 the two core members of the team would be myself and my sister. Uh, my sister is the CTO and I'm the CEO. And we have a couple of consultants who were my friends when I was studying at Cambridge in the UK. 
a little bit of background uh, on what we did before so that people would know that this is something that uh, we understand. People would know that we are building something that we know how to scale, but not only scale, but maintain like profitability and increase like value for any of our shareholders. The, the number one would be the experiences that we have. The second one would be some of the training that we had previously. And I want to go through that if it's fine with you. Yeah, of course. So most recent, uh, my experience was with Google. I was an insights manager and an industry analyst in, in Google. What does that mean? So industry analyst, I was looking at the different trends macroeconomically in, in the different industries that I was looking after. So I was looking after uh, banking, travel, real estate, um, also consumer uh, packaged goods. And it was trying to understand what were happening in the behavior of people and what were happening in the, you know, in the landscape of the industry, right? And in the different like competition landscape that would help some of the clients that we have make a determination on how do they best position themselves in the digital space. So that was my role as an industry analyst. And as an insights manager in Brand Lab, it was not too different, but the main focus that I had was trying to understand what people care about, trying to understand what would make people like, you know, what would make people love your product, right? right. At the end of the day, any insights that we come up with, it's not just about creating a marketing message. It's also about influencing like the people who created the product and how do you make some changes so that it caters to the needs of people. So that was my, um, my other role before. But the more extensive experience I had was doing economic and financial consulting. Most of the experiences I had was focused on helping some companies recover from the 2009 to 2011 global financial crisis. Uh, which might be fresh in some people's mind, in some of like the older millennials' minds. And my focus was helping divest some parts of the businesses when need be, or how do you change the business model so that the company remains uh, relevant for that time, even after the financial crisis. So that has been the focus of my experience. I studied... Um, um, I studied... Um, Master of Finance in Cambridge University and it was a really good experience for me because not only did I learn about like the academic programs the, the academic programs uh, syllabus but more importantly I was able to communicate with a lot of people who were knowledgeable about the field because most of the university professors in Cambridge were you know Nobel Prize winners in economics uh, and it was a good opportunity to be able to understand like some of like the deep thinking that went behind some of the economic models that we know now that are being used by most practitioners. Uh, my sister had an extensive experience as a product manager and also as a software engineer. And she had built a number of financial products for, for some global banks in Asia Pacific and also the United States. So we're really excited in what we're doing uh, and we're also thankful that we have a couple of consultants from who were originally from Cambridge University as well, 
and they have a PhD in mathematics and a PhD in um, in a scientific uh, endeavor, and they're helping us with the refining of the algorithms and the models that we have in the back end. Excellent, excellent. Like I said, I'm super excited for you guys. Um, you know, I'm really, I know we kind of met each other through Republic.co, kind of built a relationship from there, actually investing in some of the similar companies together um, and kind of built that network through LinkedIn and been talking for several, several months, almost running in two years now, I believe it or not. So us creating that relationship, I got to learn more about you uh, and your focus in your professional studies. Um, I'm super excited to see what you guys do. So, all right. So, you know, people kind of think about like, what's the next step moving forward, right? So what does 2022 look like for you and your team? We are actually learning a lot from the feedback that we've gathered so far from our prototype. And we're incorporating what we've learned and working with some lawyers to ensure that the public product that we release uh, sometime next year, uh, Q3, Q3 of next year, will be something that people would love, would be something that people would find helpful and useful, right? At the end of the day, the mission that we have is to help people grow their, you know, grow their savings, be able to achieve their goals, and also improve their financial habits. So that's one of the things that we're trying to do as well. A number of the features of the product will be nudging people into like better uh, financial behavior and not the unfortunate, in my opinion, there are some financial and banking practices which are like predatory, like making people into this, you know, bringing people into this vicious cycle where they already cannot afford a certain loan, but they still borrow more and more money because the incentives are actually there for them to do so. So that's just like one example. But for us, it's really about helping people make the right decisions by building those little financial, you know, principles in their minds as we nudge them through the features that we have in the app. So very excited to actually have that uh, be available in people's hands. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think you all have an excellent plan uh, moving forward. And I think you all are going to execute very, very well. Um, I think that the individuals you have in your company currently are smart enough to get the job done. And I think the relationship you have with your sister is uh, its excellent. It's great. I know we kind of walked through and did a demo together. And I was really excited about all the things you guys are doing. Um, have ultimate confidence, my confidence, especially uh, in, your, in your company. Uh, so I guess. Thank you. Yeah, of course, man. I'm really excited for you. Uh, so. For all the listeners, you know, um, then like, what is your, what's your goal or what would you like for individuals to get from this, our conversation today? Like what's, what's the mission that you want people to understand what Quinta's trying to do here? At the end of the day, we are going to be um, a company who not only care about the users who will be using the product, but we will definitely be flexible and pivot according to what would be important to the market, right? At the end of the day, we cannot assume that we know everything. So we're more than willing to listen to the users that we have and the potential users that we have so that we truly like come up with something that's going to be helping them in designing the life that they want. In terms of like the, the things that we hopefully want the listeners to 
actually like carry with them as you know as they actually conclude listening to this podcast would be twofold number one you can be um, a part of our journey be an investor in Kinta and we will do our best to actually like we will do our best to seriously um, ensure that the fiduciary responsibilities that we have for the investors, we um, adhere to them. And aside from the opportunity for people to actually join us by investing via WeFounder, right now we have Quinta Racing Equity Crowdfunding there. The second one would be signing up and uh, getting early access to the product. All right, cool. So to all the listeners, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and put the direct link to the current WeFunder campaign for Quinta. Uh, it's going to be in the description. And I'll also add in some of the social media channels. You can also reach out to uh, the team there as well. Uh, so thank you, Vin, for your time this evening. I'm really excited for what you guys are doing. And I hope you get to max out the round. Thanks for having me, Raymond. <laughs>